This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. It's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Um, today, Let's we want to talk about social media strategy in 2020. Of course, we're now um, into June, and earlier this year, um, Jennifer Ratke, National Institute for Social Media, uh, joined me and talked about social media strategy for the year. A uh, very, very popular episode. Many people listen to it. Many people are still listening to it. Um, and so we want to talk about an update. A lot of things have happened in the last five months, unfortunately, uh, around the globe and the United States. Um, so let's unpack um, how does that affect brands? What should brands do uh, when it comes to social media um, and their campaigns? And of course, um, Jennifer is joining us again on the show. Jennifer, thanks for coming back on. Christoph, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to chat last time, and I look forward to talking about how things have changed. Um, no one would have expected we are where we are today, but a lot of things have changed, and we need to navigate kind of the new normal. So, Absolutely. And, you know, of course, we had the coronavirus pandemic, everybody um, fleeing to their homes, working at home, quite frankly. Um, and that changed, I think, a lot of things. What do you do? How do you respond um, what do you talk about? I know for myself, I had content that um, just didn't fit anymore because, you know, it wasn't relevant. Uh, and of course, we had the pause. The pause button now uh, exists in many social media tools. It didn't 10 years ago. So you can pause them. That was a good, uh, do you know, when when did they start adding the pause button? It was not uh, a couple of years ago, I assume. You know, it kind of depends on platforms. Um, it's not as easy even right now in Facebook creator studio to pause things as it is in a third-party tool like Buffer, Hootsuite, or Sprout Social. So they've popped up over the last two to three years, the ability to just pause your entire queue. Um, People are apprehensive to use it because, you know, they put in this time and sometimes we're just a little slow uh, to say, wait, there is a problem that we need to acknowledge. And so I'm hopeful, right, that going forward, and if not already, that people are really getting used to where those pause button are, because we need to pause and make sure our content fits the current story. And But pausing doesn't mean killing necessarily. It just means pause and uh, reevaluate, right? Oh, absolutely. It just means, you know, that you pause things for now, you take a re- and reflect on whether or not the content is still valid. I mean, you mentioned there were some of the things in your content stream that just were no longer applicable or appropriate. And brands like in the hospitality industry or travel and entertainment, they needed to to quickly stop and reevaluate how they were going to do their message. Um, I've talked with a lot of folks who run social media for our sports franchises, like Major League Baseball. Um, You can't really have a campaign that promotes games or even some cases, draft situations and getting excited for that when those things aren't happening anymore, right? So they went to 
broadcasting old games and your content message changes a little bit. So really just taking a, a look at where you are, taking a look at your content, and then relaunching, making sure that everything is in alignment with what your audience or your community needs. And, you know, slightly off topic, but I've watched the 2005 Capital One Bowl, 2009 Super Bowl, uh, 2015 Super Bowl. And so that's been interesting to see all these replays um, pop up instead of watching live sports. But um, it is actually kind of hard to, to make sure you catch all these things because I, I, um, one of the things I did, it's not really social media, but email marketing, right? I got cadences mm -hmm. set up. And I was running a campaign for a conference. So there was, you know, I was pushing people to register for the conference. I kind of gave up on that whole campaign when all this coronavirus start, stuff started happening. But then um, there was still a couple of email drops in there that I forgot about. One, for example, was following up with the organizer to say, how many people registered? How much money do you owe me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they got it. And of course, I didn't see it. And they replied and said, well, the conference was moved to October. Um, so it does happen and we just kind of laughed about it. Um, so when you are looking at social media tools, let's stay with that topic for a second if we could. Should you, when you, when you look at them, I mean, should you make sure to pick a tool that has a pause button? I mean, I'm thinking of my buffer queue and I got 300 updates queued up. I mean, that would be a pain to go in and pause them individually. Yeah, I absolutely think that there's a benefit <laughs> Uh, for brands to choose pools, choose tools, sorry, that have pause options to them. Um, it, it's, we just live in an ever-changing world, right? And 2020 has shown us so far that we uh, think one thing is going to be the end of our dramatic changes in the way we communicate. And the next second, there's a whole different um, topic happening at hand. And so now probably more than ever, when you're choosing the kinds of management tools that you want to be using, you want to look for features that allow you to do things like what we're talking about. Pause the queue, um, get in and rearrange things easily, make edits fairly easily so that you're not having to take everything down and delete it uh, only to re-enter everything one by one. Right. That would be a lot of work. Um, and then, of course, the coronavirus, that seems like a long time ago, even though it's certainly still going on. Now we have um, the protests around the country, riots around the country. Uh, so certainly I would think that's affecting uh, what brands are doing too, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're not. Well, in the last couple of weeks since, well, 10 days or so since um, George Floyd's death and the riots and protests around the country, we have seen many brands um, take a pause and reevaluate their message. And many of those brands has, have also done a good job in speaking up and showing solidarity, right? Um, introspectively taking a look at themselves, but also supporting uh, Black Lives Matter and different um, organizations that are at the height of conversation today. Uh, for most brands, that was, that was the right thing to do. But each brand has to make that choice right on their own as to how they're going to enter that conversation. And that's the case with all of these little hiccups that I'm talking about. And hiccups is not meant to um, 
minimize the size of COVID or the fires in Australia or any of the other things that we've had so far in 2020. Um, but really just to talk about each time we've had a situation uh, come up this year, we have needed as brands to take a, take a moment, breathe and figure out how our brand needs to respond and if our brand needs to respond. And so, yeah, that means that sometimes the messaging changes. Um, even with COVID, you know, when, when that hit the market, brands had to stop talking about things like you mentioned it earlier, conferences or in-person meetings or large family gatherings, because those are no longer available to us, right? So the messaging had to change. Um, right now, in the heat of protests, in uh, our awareness to what's been going on uh, across our country for years, um, we have to decide how we enter that conversation and how we talk about diversity and inclusion in our brands and in our workplaces. So how do you decide when and if to enter it? I mean, I saw, of course, most, you know, this is not a sports podcast, but I saw like the Green Bay Packers, a bunch of players that are really, um, I mean, really, I, I was a little bit of tears, honestly, to watch it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and some of his teammates talking about, you know, um, the current situation. That seemed to be appropriate. It didn't feel like, you know, they weren't selling season tickets around that, for example. And right. plus, who knows if there will be an NFL season. Um, but, but how do, so that felt very appropriate when they did that. Um, but how do brands decide when, uh, when to say anything or, or do they just move forward with some of their typical marketing messages aside from things people can currently do? That is the million dollar question. Um, and unfortunately the answer isn't as clear as we would like it to be. Um, there isn't a checklist that we can give to a brand or to the social media marketing team to say, all right, here's when you choose to jump into the conversation. Here's when you stay out. But there are some general kind of guidances or kind of rules of thumb that we should all be following. Um, first of all, we have to make sure that we're taking a look at what the situation is and ask ourselves how it affects our community. If we know that, right, and we know that our community is being affected, then we may want to seriously look at, okay, well, what does that affected community then need to or want to see or hear from us? If they're not affected, then we also need to think about what our community needs or, or wants to see from us, right? So right now, um, in the height of everything that's going on, a lot of brands are struggling with the, the idea of, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Should we post something if we stay quiet? Are we, um, are we implicit in the bad behaviors? You know, what, what is that action that we should be taking? And for each brand, they have to look at that themselves. You are going to get people who are going to be angry if you post something and you're going to get people who are going to be angry if you don't. So it's a matter of really looking at what does your community need to see from you? Where does your brand stand on the situation at hand? And how can you add value, not just add to the noise? How can you be 
supportive? How can you be uh, authentic and real? And how can you add value? Yep, and that is probably why some brands default to not saying anything, right? Or mm -hmm. they just keep going with business as usual, which sometimes can be a problem. Um, but but sometimes there is a case, I mean, I guess some of these uh, things happening, I, I, the magnitude is much, much larger than some of the other emergencies we've talked about in the past, right? I mean, it's like mm -hmm. nation, it's nationwide, uh, globally even, uh, for the coronavirus, I think there were even protests for um, or riots in, in uh, Europe, perhaps. I think I read mm -hmm. that somewhere. Um, but is there a place to just keep going? I mean, I'm thinking even about my, my own um, tw social media streams. I paused them. I looked at some things. I delete some things. I update some things. I'm like, oh, that could be taken out of context. But at the end of the day, um, I, I, you know, I talk to an audience um, that might still need the content I'm sharing, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, you know, COVID is probably one of the easiest examples for us to use right now. Uh, COVID entered the scene here in the United States pretty strong in March, or at least it did in the Midwest. It might have hit the end of February on the coasts a little bit earlier than it did here. But I think we officially went into kind of a nationwide stay at home in that March timeframe, that mid-March. There wasn't an individual or a business across the country that wasn't impacted, right? We all had to make adjustments about where we worked, how we worked, who was open, who wasn't, you know, if we could go to our restaurant, if we could go get our haircut, you know, whatever the case may be. And so every brand had to make a decision about how to move forward. And there were some pretty dramatic shifts that had to happen, especially if you were in, you know, hospitality or travel. But even for businesses like ours, um, our marketing message needed to be aware of, okay, people are having to work from home. So instead of the normal tools we might tell people about attending conferences, now we need to share with them about the best ways to attend online or virtual events, right? So we had to kind of shift. The interesting thing about COVID is that this wasn't a short-term shift. You know, sometimes when we have natural disasters like a hurricane, for example, things shift for a period of time. And that period might be, you know, just a couple of days while the bad weather comes through up to, you know, a month or two as people are rebuilding and, and getting out of the damage. COVID has been with us now. It's June. Um, I don't see it slowing down right now. Yes, people are starting to open things back up, but that is a whole nother shift in the conversation because we're having to educate people on the incremental changes that we're making. The brands who decided to just go full steam ahead with business as usual and not address that anything had changed are the ones that are going to struggle right now, right? They, they were not cognizant of the messages that they were putting out and therefore probably turned people off because look, I can't do that right now. Or my health would be in danger if I did what your content is suggesting. Um, so it's, it's an unusual one because it's so lengthy, but it is the greatest kind of example of how we need to constantly be aware 
of what our message is and who's impacted and then make sure that our, um, our story or our resources are being provided in the most helpful of ways. Yeah. Um, and so how do you, uh, I mean, as a brand, how, how do you decide? I mean, is it really, do you just pause things, get together, talk about it, sleep on it, and then consider what you want to do moving forward? Or, I mean, especially, Jennifer, I'm thinking about some of these cases where, I mean, there's some posts I see, and I don't, uh, you know, no opinion given here one way or the other, but it doesn't make any difference what some people say, like some brands say, uh, you have half of the people that are responding, they're saying, you're the worst person or worst brand ever, and then you got the other half saying, that was, thank you for saying that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, is that, yeah. how, how, do you, how do you live with that as a brand? Well, unfortunately, I think we have to own it, right? And we have to get comfortable with the fact that not everyone is going to love the responses that we take. And as long as we're being authentic and true to our brand and what we believe our community uh, needs from us, then we should see more positive than we do negative. Um, COVID, of course, was uh, an interesting one because it was a, a global pandemic. The, the riots um, and the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening right now, um, I guess people could argue uh, in similar ways is a, is a pandemic. It's an issue that's going worldwide, but it's, it's um, not a health crisis in, in terms of a, a disease, right? So um, brands have to decide where do they stand on the topic of police brutality where do they stand on the topic of Black Lives Matter and then discuss how they want to move forward and share that message. And it does come down to, yep, turn things off, have a conversation with the leadership and make sure you're on point and then resume your content in the way that you feel is most valuable and commit to that and own that. Uh, I think people are going to be most upset when we go forward as brands and are super wishy-washy with what we're trying to do, we, we present one face over here, but somebody gets mad. So we present a different face um, the next Mm -hmm. day. That's inconsistent. It's hard to trust, right? It's hard to believe. And yep, you might lose some customers or followers depending on how you choose to present your brand. But as long as it's true to your brand and it's true to what you do, you should be, uh, doing the right thing. Now, my hope is that a lot of businesses already had a crisis communications plan in place, but 2020 has already taught us that that plan will only get us so far because most of us never would have imagined we would have seen so many different uh, variety of crises in the first half of this year. So that crisis plan only gets us so far. How do you um, really get into it right now as you stop things you have a conversation, you regroup, and you go forward. I, you know, I guess it re- reminds me of it's nice to have a plan. And I know there's a lot of brands, they have quarterly goals and quarterly content uh, topics or, you know, whatever. Um, and that's okay to have. But let's say you spend a lot of time planning for the year. And, I mean, how many? We already have, what, two quarters now, basically, that um, have been um, totally different from what anybody had expected, I'm sure. 
Um, so, how, so how do you even plan? I mean, do you still recommend that people put together like a year long plan and then uh, just keep adjusting it as you have to, or what's, uh, how do you kind of think about that? Yeah, I think in past years, we had a lot of faith in putting together a year long plan and we could get pretty detailed in that plan and expect there won't be too many things that would derail it. This year has proven that that's not always the case. And so although I still recommend a form of long-term planning, I think it needs to be scalable, right? And so you might go forward and say, all right, each month in this next year, these are kind of the topics that we want to highlight. For example, August is typically that month where we start talking back to school. Students tend to go back to school. We know right now, or at least 2020 has taught us, that with COVID, we don't know what school is going to look like come back to school season. So we can have that there as a placeholder, but going in and really diving deeper and writing content that backs that up is probably going a little too far right now because we're not sure yet um, how that's going to look. But some of those bigger picture pieces uh, you should still kind of lay out, make sure you have a plan. That way, everything you're hoping to get accomplished in the year is still accounted for. And then you go in, you know, monthly at minimum, but probably weekly at <laughs> on a more realistic fashion and are kind of looking forward and saying, all right, we're still on track. Things are looking good. And I think we can be safe to start planning content about a month to maybe six weeks out. But as long as we're still looking at that content every week, if not more frequently, um, we can change as the tides move. Yeah, I, I do agree with that timeline. I used to recommend, you know, three months. That was a few years ago now. And then now I've adjusted that as well to uh, a month. And we had uh, Mel Rod on the show who talked about um, marketers could really um, learn something from journalists because you know what journalists do? They don't make a plan for the year, right? They just, they basically go, um, okay, what do we cover today <laughs> to, to fill the news yeah. gap today? Now, I think that's probably a little bit too much on the other side of the extreme. But my point is, if you don't plan too, and I think his point was, uh, if you don't plan too far out, um, you it's easier to adjust, right? If you're not just like, this mm -hmm. is the plan and we're sticking to the plan and you're more like a, thinking like a journalist, and, um, you know, when, when everybody works at, uh, at home um, and you have anything to say of value of working remote um, and you have that mindset, you can shift quickly, right? Because you just go, hey, what do we have to say about working remote? And you can get that out uh, into, the, into the public's eye. Oh, I love that. And um, the journalist piece, if we keep that in the back of our mind, that is a fantastic way and maybe even a happy medium is to think about the monthly magazines. And yes, yeah, some people still get paper magazines delivered to their door, right? So hopefully most people who are listening understand what I'm talking <laughs> about here. But <laughs> they're, those authors and those editors are planning for that month. And so they have a plan. But they quickly change, uh, you know, and can change all the way up to their print date if something within their industry or something within their niche changes. And so if we're making that plan, but being nimble enough to move, 
we should be good. I think a lot of our social media professionals and our marketing professionals might have pretty high anxiety if they have to live every day thinking about uh, journalistic nature uh, for 100%. So that happy medium is making kind of that broader plan and then just being nimble enough to move. Yep. And if you if you guys haven't listened to the episode uh, with Joe Polizzi a while back, so Joe predicts that more and more brands will actually do a print magazine, which is what you just mentioned, Jennifer, um, because oh. it's uh, it might it might never it will probably never come back to the heydays of um, print publishing, but it can be a real differentiator, right? Because few brands do that today. Um, so why aren't you sending people? a print magazine um, where you can get their attention. Um, thank you for sharing the insights. Anything else that we didn't cover on the topic? Oh, <laughs> you know, right now, I guess one of the things that um, I really want to talk or mention is in the form of crisis for our content creators, one of the most important pieces is self-care. So um, as leaders, Check in on your marketing, social media, comms team. Make sure they're handling the changes and the pivots uh, in the best way that they can and provide them with the opportunity to breathe and, and step away and unplug. And if you are that, that frontline comms person, that social media manager, community manager, really make sure you're taking care of yourself. Uh, there's a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety happening right now with everything changing quickly and, and all of the differing opinions that are out there. Um, take the time. Otherwise, your message is going to be received inappropriately. Uh, and that's not what you want. Absolutely. Um, today, I was joined by Jennifer Radke, National Institute for Social Media. Uh, what's, what's that website again, Jennifer, where people can find it? Yep, it's nismonline.org. Fantastic. Thanks, you, thanks for joining us again and sharing your insights. Uh, truly appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, good luck. Stay real. Share stories that matter. And um, reach out anytime with any questions, thoughts, comments, judgments. Uh, ctrap at gmail.com. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Mm -hmm.